we were lost, wandering in darkness, consumed by our sin, hopeless. Then God reached down. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hope had arrived. The weight of the world was on His shoulders. Emmanuel, God with us. That moment changed everything, altered eternity, brought light to the darkness, and led us into the arms of God. Today we worship our Messiah. Today we worship our King. Today we worship our Savior. Today we worship. Jesus.
He's worthy of the praise and worship this morning. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's come and worship Christ. Angels from the realms of glory. Let's sing this out together. Angels from the realms of glory. We your light for all the earth. Ye who say creation story. singing you can be seated good morning everyone it is great to see you here this morning welcome to first baptist church for our christmas at fbc celebration we're glad that you're here to be part of it today we want to make a big deal about the name of jesus jesus the name at which every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is lord it is the name of salvation and jesus is that Reason for Christ, the Christmas season, his birth um, on that first Christmas morning. That's what we celebrate today. We're so glad that you're here to be a part of that celebration. I want to remind you that next Sunday morning is Christmas Eve. And so next Sunday morning, we'll gather in here again at 1045. There will be no Sunday school, no junior church, no community group meetings next week. But there will be a 1045 gathering in here. We hope that you'll plan to join us for our Christmas Eve morning worship hour next Sunday morning. If you're a guest here today, um, you're going to notice that we spend a lot of time talking about Jesus. He is what the church is all about. He is what Christmas is all about. In fact, this morning, I'm going to bring a brief message later on this morning about following Jesus. And I just want to encourage you to join us in the coming year, starting this morning and then all the way through 2024 We're going to be following the life of Jesus chronologically. This is the series of messages entitled Following Jesus that I and the staff will be bringing. We think it'll be a real blessing to you. And I just want to remind you of something this morning. Early on in Jesus' ministry, his disciples were telling each other about him. And often they would express skepticism or concern or is this really the Messiah? And here's the the standard answer that they would give to one another. Well, why don't you come see for yourself? Because once you see him and know him like I know him, you'll love him like I love him. And so we want to encourage you to do the same. Would you come follow with us as we follow Jesus, our Savior, and lift him up, not just this morning, but throughout the coming year. We want you to know that you're invited 1045 every Sunday morning. Super grateful to have each of you here today. Let's have a word of prayer as we begin this morning. Father, we're so thankful for the gift of of salvation made possible through Jesus Christ coming to earth as a baby that first Christmas morning. We're so grateful that we today have the opportunity to celebrate him, not just his coming, but celebrate him, Jesus, the the one and only preeminent Savior. Help us to truly worship you this morning as we listen and as we sing together. May Jesus be glorified. We pray this in his name. Amen. It all began here in the darkness. Stuck in our brokenness, 
wandering, directionless, in need of a grace that we knew nothing about. It's not much of a beginning, but this is where we were. While we were lost in darkness, God was consumed by love, a love which would cost him his son. One night in Bethlehem, the heart of Christmas began beating with a rhythm that would change the world. Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, was born. Love in the flesh. Grace in a major. Today we celebrate that moment. We worship our Messiah. And we stand in awe of the life-changing gift God has given to us. Jesus. 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 The true heart of Christmas. He. He. He is here.
Great job, guys. I love that song because it emphasizes one of the many names that you're going to see about the name of Jesus. And it's that name, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. And we see in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, Christ tells everyone the reason why he came. He's like, I'm going to be with you, but I have to be with you for a specific reason. And that's to accomplish the gospel message. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. You see, we're all born sinners. We're imperfect people. Anybody that knows me knows that's very true. <laughs> we are imperfect people. And we need a perfect Savior for redemption. And God loves us so much that he demonstrated that love through Jesus Christ. That's why he came, was to seek and to save that which is lost. We're going to sing the first Noel we want you to listen to the first person chorus. It's a little bit different maybe than you've heard it in Christmas carols in the past. But the message is there and it's emphasizing the gospel. It's all about the name of Jesus and his power to save.
join us as we sing that second verse. The Son of God in kindness He came as a friend to the hopeless, the the message of the gospel. It's all about Jesus. As Pastor Brad mentioned, there is no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. It is in the name of Jesus. And that gives us something to rejoice about, doesn't it? Let's continue to worship God through song as we sing out, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Please. 
great singing this morning. You can be seated. About you, I could probably listen to them sing or play a few more songs. Great job, guys! I appreciate that. As the shepherds were in the field watching their sheep in Luke chapter two, they had a, quite a startling situation happen to them, as the multitude of the heavenly host came to them and told them that Christ was born. Everything that they were hoping for and anticipating and and looking forward to for many many years, all the prophecy was now going to be fulfilled. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Maybe they didn't even realize it as much at that moment. But Jesus was coming to take care of their biggest issue in life. And that was their sin problem. That's why he's come for us. Emmanuel, God with us. He's the Son of Man caring for us, coming for us. So that we can receive God's amazing gift of salvation. And they went around and they were excited and they were telling people and they were glorifying God. And we have that same opportunity this morning 
as we sing out our next song together. Joy has dawned upon the world. Let's sing this together. Please stand. Joy has dawned upon the world. Promise from creation. God's salvation now unfurled. Hope for every nation. Not with fanfares from above. Not with scenes of Jesus is the seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, the root of Jesse, and the rock of ages. He's the ancient of days, the commander of God's army, and the radiance of God's glory. He is the Holy One, the heir of all things, the bread of life, and the author of life. He is the perfecter of faith, the overseer of souls, the horn of salvation, the desire of nations, and the son of righteousness. He is the consolation of Israel the Lion of Judah, and the Man of Sorrows. He is the gift of God, the Lamb of God, the Wisdom of God, the Power of God, the Image of God, and the Angel of God. He's the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Son of David, the Son of Joseph, and the Son of Mary. He is the King of the Jews, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lord of the Sabbath, and the Lord of Glory. He is the Morning Star, the Last Adam, the Living Stone, He is the true witness. He is the atoning sacrifice. He is the good shepherd, the great high priest, the chief cornerstone, and the righteous servant. He is the highest, the almighty, the firstborn, the advocate, the head, the resurrection, the temple, and the sanctuary. He is the branch, the vine, the way, the truth, the life, the gate, the rock, the light, the prophet, the apostle, and the Nazarene. He is the carpenter, the comforter, and the fountain. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the Amen. He is the faithful and true. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He is the Messiah, the Word, the Rabbi, the Teacher, the Master, the Redeemer, the Deliverer, Mediator, Creator, and Judge. He is Emmanuel. He is Yahweh, Lord, God, Savior, Christ. He is Jesus. Shines. The song heard at the main. 
Thank you, choir and musicians. Thank you for all the beautiful music this morning. Thank you for lifting up the name of Jesus. That's what we want to do as a church. That certainly has been the case this morning. We're grateful for helping, for you guys helping us do that today. A few weeks ago, I was sitting down here with Jeremy. We were watching the announcement video at the beginning of a service, and he leaned over and showed me a text from Steve, who does our graphics around the building. And Steve had texted him to say that Jesus is in the office. And Jeremy leaned over and he showed me the text and he looked at me and he said, do you think I should go? Like, I mean, we've got, we've got a service scheduled, but if Jesus is in the office, maybe I should go. Of course, he was talking about those letters back there. The name of Jesus, what we want to lift up as a church. But can I just tell you this morning that, that Jesus is in the office. And in fact, he's in every true church. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. And church, our church, Every true church should be all about Jesus Christ. He is the one that Christmas is all about, but he is also the one that church life is all about. Our worship is all about Jesus. 
As I mentioned a few minutes ago, I would like to give you a brief introduction to a series of messages that I'll be bringing to you in 2024 called Following Jesus. This is intended to be a year-long journey that we as a staff pray will really strengthen our walk with Jesus Christ, our relationship with him. And of course, in 2024, we plan to talk a lot about him. That's the way that it should be. He's everything to the true church. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in Colossians that he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he, Jesus, may have the preeminence, that he would be first place, that he would be first on our mind, that he would be first priority to the church. Now, obviously, a chronological study of Jesus from a human perspective begins on Christmas morning, right? It begins with his birth. This is what we celebrate this week. But I'd like to challenge you to think of Christmas just a little bit differently this morning. You see, Jesus did not come to stay as a cute little baby. He came to change the destiny of the entire world. And if you're familiar with the story of Jesus, his perfect life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, you know that the birth was just the beginning. There's a lot more to the story. So I want to take you this morning, ironically, to start a chronological study of the life of Jesus. I want to take you 30 years later. Because 30 years later, we hear the testimony of a man that puts the perspective of Jesus' life into focus for us. And as we think about studying his life, as we think about him coming as a baby on that first Christmas morning, I want to think about this conversation. This man's attitude should preside over the church. He was a cousin or second cousin of Jesus, and he was wildly popular his name was John, and he was known as the baptizer. And he was preaching in the wilderness, and he had a huge following. He was just a few months older than Jesus. They were close contemporaries, and some saw them as actually being rivals of one another. But they knew that they were working together. In fact, John actually introduced Jesus to several of Jesus's disciples, the 12 that followed him closely. Many of them were following John the baptizer and he introduced them to Jesus. His whole job was to prepare the hearts of people for the message of Jesus. That was John's whole job. Prepare people for the message of Jesus. And so it's fitting this morning that we talk about him because my goal, my desire is to help you this morning be prepared for the message of Jesus in 2024. John the baptizer's testimony is very unique, and the things he says in Scripture are incredibly profound. In fact, Jesus had a very high regard for this man, John. Here's one of the things that he says in John chapter 3 and verse number 30. He, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. You see, John's disciples were worried because Jesus was also getting this large following and it seemed like there was a little bit of competition. And John said, no, there's no competition. He must increase. I must decrease. He that comes from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. But he that comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies and no man receives his testimony he that hath received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loved the Son and hath given all things unto his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. It's a little bit unclear as scripture is translated from the original Greek into English where the quotation of John the Baptist ends and where the commentary of John the Apostle, another John in scripture, begins. But in either case, these two men knew Jesus very well and they speak incredibly highly of him. I want you to see the four things that John talks about that he understands about Jesus Briefly this morning, number one, he viewed the increase of Jesus reputation 
in contrast to his own. He must increase, he said, but I, I must decrease. In John's mind, the, the reputation increase of Jesus and the decrease of his own reputation were simultaneous. We say this often at First Baptist of Wixom. We want to promote the priorities of Jesus. We want to advance the reputation of Jesus. This will actually be tested as we go through our study in 2024. Will I make my life all about following Jesus? But this is also tested at Christmas time, right? There's a lot of things that distract us from the main point of the celebration. Will you make your celebration of Christmas about Jesus? That was the first thing he saw, that Jesus' name would increase while his decreased. But number two, John understood that Jesus was superior to every human greatness. He says in verse 31, he that comes from above, speaking of Jesus, is above all. And again, he says at the end of that verse that he that comes from heaven is above all. This is how John viewed Jesus, the creator, the sustainer. All things were created by him and for him. He's sovereign over all. But notice the contrast again, because John says those of us that are from earth, that's everybody but Jesus. Those of us that are from earth, we tend to talk about things on earth, we talk about the weather and we talk about football and we talk about upgrades to our home and we talk about our jobs and our families. We talk about things on earth, but not Jesus. Jesus talks about things in heaven. He is above everything that's happening down here below. John says, I'm just a man from earth. Listen to the one who is from heaven. He is greater than everything. He's not just the reason for the season as some say about Christmas, rightly so. He's the reason for everything. He is the reason for everything. Number three, John realized that Jesus spoke as God on earth. Uh, last week or maybe the week before, the guys played the song, Mary, Did You Know? One of my favorite Christmas songs. I love the idea of asking that question, Mary, did you realize that when you were holding that little baby, you were holding God in the flesh? One of the lines from that song says this, Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod in heaven? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the what? You remember how it goes? The face of God. Did you know that, Mary? When Jesus spoke, God spoke. And John says this in verse number 34, For he whom God hath sent speaks the words of God. John knew that most people would reject the message of Jesus. Most people are too busy for Jesus. Or they're too independent. They're too self-reliant or self-righteous or intellectual. I'm just above all that. I don't need religion. I don't need faith. I don't need Jesus. But John said this, some will get his message. Some will receive his testimony is what the verse says that I just read to you. What is Jesus' testimony? Well, it's that he came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus actually throughout his ministry proved this over and over. I am not here for you people who think you're all cleaned up and you don't need me. I'm here for those who know they're sinners. I'm here for people that need to be rescued. That's who I came to call, not the well, but the sick. This was Jesus' testimony. He's looking for people that know they can't fix themselves. They know something's wrong with the world and they're part of the problem. It's sin. And they need to be rescued and put saving faith in Jesus. So lastly, number four, John knew that eternal life was found in Jesus alone. Verse number 36 of our passage says, He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. This brings us to his name. This morning, we heard quoted Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she, Mary, will bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name... Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Can I just ask you this morning, have you been saved from your sins? 
It's only possible through Jesus. And it takes saving faith. Saving faith is understanding that you have a problem and agreeing that you need rescued and then trusting Jesus to be that rescue, to be that savior. You might say this morning, well, Brad, hold on a second. Isn't there another way? I mean, aren't you making a little too big of a deal about the name of Jesus? Well, here's what Paul said in Acts chapter 4. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other name. It is just Jesus. It is the only name that saves. And so it's impossible to make too big of a deal out of the name of Jesus. He is the solution to man's problem. He's the only one through which you can know God. He is the only name at which every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. No wonder Christmas is so special. It's all about Jesus. The house my mom grew up in, my grandma and grandpa's house, was a giant farmhouse. One of these houses that looks like a big cube. It looks like it has about 12 bedrooms in it, you know, out in the middle of the country in western Iowa. Off the back of this house, there was a little addition. It was a porch, and it was kind of leaning and a little bit cold. But when I was a kid, and all the cousins were at grandma's house, that's where the kids ate out on the porch at the little kids' table. You had to be big enough to feed yourself, but not quite trustworthy enough to eat with the adults. You know, you were in that kind of netherland as a kid. And all of the kids out on the porch longed for the day when they would graduate, you know, get called up into the big leagues. I was in the middle of my, I don't know, 20 or so cousins' And so I saw kids graduate, my older brothers graduate, and I watched them with longing heart as they went into the big room and hung out with the adults while I had to hang out with the little bratty cousins, you know, with the commoners out on the porch. I remember the day, this is a true story, I remember the day when my grandma came to my cousin Mark and me. When we had walked in the front porch and we looked like, one, two, three, four, five, ooh, I don't know if there's enough seats for us big boys to sit here. And Grandma said, Mark and Brad, listen, you guys are graduating. You're going to the big kid table. Behave yourself, okay? (laughs) Don't spill anything. I mean, we were so excited. We were moving up. Let the celebration begin. This is what Christmas is all about. We're out of the porch and in with the big people. It's pretty special. For a kid to graduate to the adult room. But here's the question I have for you this morning in conclusion. Have you graduated to an adult Christmas yet? You know, there's a lot of big people, adults, who are still celebrating Christmas like kids. Christmas, for many, is still about presents and food and gatherings with loved ones, which is not bad. All of these things are, are good, in fact, but... They're a celebration of the most incredible gift ever given. That is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you opened that gift? Have you received him? Christmas is all about Jesus. And the fact that he must increase. He's superior to everything else. He has the words of eternal life. And he is the only way to God. Jesus said in John 14, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Presents and family and food, all good. But they're all a celebration of the one we worship today. His name is Jesus. He was given the name above every name. And he's come to save his people from their sins. May his name increase. And may ours decrease as we follow him in 2024. What name could contain such a glory? In the cool breezes of Eden, brought from the infant earth, one arose the voice of his creator speaking his identity to life. Adam, 
man. And as heaven waited short with breath, the Creator spoke yet another, Eve, mother of all the living. So it was with Abraham, named in the promise as the father of nations, Peter, the rock upon which the church would stand. The name called to life the destiny within. The name set the stage for all that was to come. And unto us a child was born. And what name could contain his glory? For he was mighty God, as the universe gasped into being, flinging rays of light from his presence to pierce the void, to shatter the shadows to a tapestry of color. And he is mighty God, shattering our darkness, revealing our light, our truth in him. He was everlasting father when orphaned Israel needed a father's touch. When we, with grief-stricken cheeks, need the embrace of one who never leaves. When we have lost our way to dark horizons, it is our everlasting father who lights the way home. He is Prince of Peace. When, like Elijah, we need the still small voice in the turmoil's midst. When, like David, we need the melodies of his presence to soothe our troubled minds. He is sanctuary within our trials. Shepherd guiding us to still waters. And yes, he is wonderful counselor. God who gives counsel in the chaos. Crafting disorder into calm and failure into beauty. He is a voice for the voiceless. He is dignity for the stateless soul. It is he who raised up a lowly shepherd to become a king. He who took the fishermen of Galilee and made them leaders of history. It is the counselor who redeems our lost years. Breaking chains that have kept dreams imprisoned and joy confined. The name reaches across eternity, exclaimed by the splendors of galaxies, sung by the passions of angels, roared in heaven's fervor, exalted in creation's unfettered rejoicing. What name could contain him? What title? What soul renowned? For this is our wonderful counselor. This is our mighty God. This is our everlasting Father, our Prince of peace. What name could contain Emmanuel, God with us, Yahweh, the great I am. What name could contain the word of life, the light of the world, the king of kings, the Lord of all. We bow to the name that holds every other in its matchless worth. What name could contain such a glory? What name but Jesus? We cry, Jesus. We cry, holy is the name. His name 
most important thing our church can communicate with you is the gospel message. The word gospel means good news. The trouble with most good news is that it isn't really good until you see it relative to bad news. The discovery of a new cure isn't all that helpful unless you or a loved one has the disease that it cures. In the same way, the good news of Jesus is good when it is understood in relation to the bad news of our own sin. We are all sinners. That's the disease we are all born with. And Jesus is the cure. The good news that everyone can live forever with God in heaven, not because of anything we can do, but because of what Jesus did in our place. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The truth that everyone, everywhere, at all times in history needs to hear is that salvation is only possible by 
putting our faith in Jesus Christ alone. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Would you put your faith in Jesus Christ today? Would you be willing to pray something like this and mean what you pray from your heart? Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I know I can do nothing to earn forgiveness and make myself right with you. Instead of dying for my own sins, I want to trust Christ and his death on the cross as payment for my sins. I want to repent from doing things my way and make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. The Bible tells us that those that repent from their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in this way shall be saved. Would you believe on him today? And if you did trust Christ today, if you did pray a prayer like the one suggested a moment ago and you really meant it, would you let us know? We want to help you grow in your understanding of the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe you have more questions about putting your faith in Christ and we have great resources to help you with that. The Exchange Bible Study is a four-week study on the character of God that will answer most of your questions about the gospel. We have men and women ready and waiting to go through that with you in person or virtually, depending on your situation. Maybe you put your faith in Christ today, or, or maybe you did years ago, but you feel like you've not grown in your faith. We want to help you with that as well. We have literally hundreds of helpful resources and dozens of believers ready to walk with you through them. Let us know how we can best encourage your journey of faith in Christ using one of the contact methods listed below. Jesus Christ loves you and wants to spend eternity with you. May God bless you as you seek to live your life for his honor and for his glory.